You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight we're talking about Francis Ford Coppola's Apocalypse Now. You no trouble. Me, fifth element. Supreme being. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. podcast we're your host i'm brian elkins with me here tonight mr jeremy benson i hope you keep all that <laughs> i mean that, that's a little surprise for the uh, people that stay after the music yeah and oh, mr yeah, jared callen can't have the brian. beginning be funny no 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 oh, i care i don't listen to it i listen to it every week there you go guys we're fucking apocalypse now we're fucking apocalypse now in this apocalyptic <laughs> august yes uh, doesn't really fit in. It's not really an end of the world movie, but uh... it was for the Vietnamese people. <laughs> Ran down <laughs> hellfire missiles right, yeah, and fucking napalm. Fucking napalm. <laughs> oh. That's the end of the world. But it's got apocalypse in the title. So, yes, you know. And we need to talk about a Francis Ford Coppola movie. We have never done that. Really? Yeah. Is he making a new movie? Oh, I don't know. Not the not that I'm aware of, but you know that guy's uh, off in the. Uh, the wineyard, the vineyard, the wineyard, the wineyard, <laughs> and uh, you know he's uh, he's spending the money he made from this movie. He sometimes creates something. He just pops out every every once in a while. Usually in black and white. Now, <laughs> to be fair, uh, George Lucas wanted to make this movie black and white. That is true. All documentary style and dumb and stupid. Well, I don't know. I can't it could have been. George, George. <laughs> so what I was thinking is, uh, we'll take this and... Uh, <laughs> you remember those old uh, news serials? We're just going to do the entire movie like that. Mm, yeah. Da, 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 da. <laughs> well, he wanted to give it to that cinema verite like, style. Like the beginning of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He wanted this movie to be like that. What? You know, we're get, where they're getting, uh, where they're getting um, uh, interviewed on the... The newsreel? Oh. Like that. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. But he took that same approach with uh, THX 1138. So, yes. I mean, and that was good. Yeah. Boring. Was... But it's good. What? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Somebody had to say it. I'll agree with you on yeah. that. Yeah, it's boring. I never was a big fan of that one. What? It's visually appealing. Sorry. I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Who did that? I'm going to agree with Siri. <laughs> Sorry, I do not accept Good timing, Siri. all this shit talking of George Lucas. <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, originally what John Millis uh, wrote the script. Right. Um, he wrote all the good lines. You know, I know a lot of people credit Coppola with uh, the smell of napalm in the morning, but that was his line. It was in the script. I- I've heard story. that he didn't like that line. Really? He wrote it. Really? Yeah. Um, it's interesting that he wrote the script, but didn't someone else write all the VO? Yeah, they brought in another af- uh, so writer after the fact. That's interesting because a lot of this is VO. Yeah. So you could say that, you know... This movie was made in the edit room. Yeah, God, it had to be, you know? Yeah. Actually, when, when they when they premiered at Cannes, uh, there's a uh, there's a soundbite I heard of Martin Sheen talking. He was like, well, you know, 
uh, what's playing tonight isn't really the movie. There, we're, I'm still like recording uh, voiceover, and uh, they're still writing it. And uh, you know, uh, and, and the, the ending that that's, that's, we're playing is not really what's going to happen. So, I, uh, <laughs> the, the end was uh, was pretty crazy. Yeah, it it was a clusterfuck for them. Yeah, because they got uh, how long were they shooting on this thing for? Like a, it was over sixteen a months. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, and they they get to the the point where Coppola just while they're shooting decides he doesn't like the end of the script. Although he he never liked the end of the script. It it turned into this big action set piece where Willard and Kurtz would get together and they were fighting well, the, off this airstrike. He shows up apparently and uh, you know kind of confronts him and then the uh, the Vietnamese people attack and then they have to band together to like you know to get out of it. Yeah, that would that's not, a completely different movie. Would not <laughs> that, work. That's what you would do if Arnold Schwarzenegger's starring in the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, that is what you, you know, would do. It would be an action movie and then you'd have that big like you know that's that's the climax of that film, not this. Not this. Yeah, no. This, this is an experience. This is definitely uh, not your typical war film. And well, it's not even really a war movie. It's kind of like it's a. It's set in a war. It's not really telling the story of the Vietnam War. It's just kind of. No, it's telling the experiences it? of the soldiers. Yeah. Have you seen Platoon? Yeah. I think that that does that a little better. This is more like the adventure film where this guy goes to find this guy who's gone AWOL and he's got to take well, see, him out and he's got to have this like mean, self it's... that's more of a typical story where you have a good guy and a bad guy right right because you have a good guy and a bad guy in your American platoon so that's where your conflict is coming from in this movie everybody's fucking crazy there's no there's no fucking <laughs> bad guys everyone's fucking off yeah, the rocker right and if they're not they're probably gonna die soon yeah Benson you were gonna say something no, I don't remember what it was <laughs> it was something you said that I agreed with I was saying that this isn't a typical war movie. This movie oh, is. Yeah. This movie isn't about the Vietnam War. It's about. It's, it's that's just the backdrop for it. It's just kind of like there's a story that's set into that. You could have put that in any war. Yeah, no. You, yeah, you could have. You could no, put that. in I don't any think war. You, you couldn't put these stories in any war. You couldn't put this uh, any of the, any of these stories in World War Two and have it make a lick of fucking sense. <laughs> you couldn't do that. Where no. where somebody goes AWOL and is is, is make, making their own directives and they you know. Yeah, and all the soldiers are partic- uh, like portrayed this way. Like, no man, think of all the World War. Like, even think of movies that took place in World War Two. Like after, like Saint Private Ryan. You know, right. nah, I don't that know. Just seems like chaos. <laughs> I see what you mean. Though. Like, instead of it being about the Vietnam War, right? It's the setting is the Vietnam War, right? But it's about this mission to take out the Colonel, right? Exactly. Yeah, I can see that. But I don't think you can se- separate Vietnam for this from the movie, though. I mean, it, it's. I'm going to write a movie. It's an important. Where we, where we take the same story, just like The Fast and the Furious and what Point was, Break. I haven't read the book. Where's Heart of Darkness set? It's uh, set on the uh, Con- Congo River Congo, in that's Africa. What it was. Yeah. During. I don't, uh, I don't know. I think not it's like the during 20s. the Vietnam War? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Well, but even it if was, it was during the Vietnam War, it's in Africa. What would it matter? <laughs> <laughs> there's some crazy shit going on over there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very similar, but there's no there's no war going on. It's all about him trying to make it down down the river, down the river, and it's just the normal hardships of the you know the jungle and the tribes that are constantly trying to kill them. Like I think the colonel or the chief of the boat um, that also dies in this movie, he gets speared. I think that happens in the book. Man, I like that guy. Yeah, he's good. He was the one I was rooting for. <laughs> I liked everybody he's in the boat. He's just doing his job, you know? He's... Yeah, man. It, it... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I liked all the actors. Now, the character of uh, of Chef's a little... Wound a little too tight for my liking. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a little too, uh, I don't know, jumpy. Yeah. Stressed out a little. Well, you know. I can't blame him. No, you can't blame <laughs> him at all. At any moment, somebody could pop up and shoot you. Or, you or a tiger. Or a tiger, yeah. Yeah, he flipped that. That was cool. That was that was cool. That, that was, was super amazing. cool. And just the location of the of the you know going into the rainforest there looks amazing. I don't know how they kept um, all that all those shots in that sequence looked like they were perfectly lit at the same time. Yeah, day. yeah, it's amazing. I, I, I never found any like flaw like that in the movie where you're like ah ah ah. It looks like they shot it all well, at the right time. They probably had twelve cameras. And uh... <laughs> what what was the budget? Of- I know, according to inflation, it would be a hundred million like today. Million the budget was thirty-one million, million. which in today is, is like one hundred two. And world, what to make worldwide? Still, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. I man. don't have worldwide numbers, but domestic made uh, 
78 million when it was released. It's made 83 totally over time with all the re-releases, the redux. Because this movie does have three cuts. We were talking about it because the uh, the final cut is just now released. We got to see that in the IMAX. Yes, it's very nice. So which is your favorite cut? You know, right now it's probably the final cut. Really? I've lived with the original cut for so long, and that's great. And it's you think it's like a, just a perfect movie, and then you get the redux. And that's a great movie, but it's just a little too long. Right. The plantation scene and the redux just really fucking kills me when I watch that. It just ruins the Is it flow. longer than what we saw? Because I've, I've never seen the original cut. I've only seen the redux or the redo, and uh, I've, and the one that we saw. Yeah. Well, um, the one we saw is pretty much the Redux with some stuff removed. But, yeah, the original's got a whole bunch Reworked of things. a little bit. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, I'm not 100% sure if they, like, use different, uh, some different shots and different close-ups of some of the actors. Because some of them did look a little different. According but. to the little mini documentary I watched on the way over here, they rewor- they did rework some of the scenes. No, they didn't. Yeah, because some people were complaining that this is just Redux cut down, and so they, I guess, were going, no, we, we actually... Let me show you some side-by-side comparisons. <laughs> we took this shot three frames earlier. <laughs> I mean, it does look good and sound good. Fuck, it looks so good. Yeah, it does. I've been racking my brain. What was the other Playboy Bunny scene? Well, the first one is when they meet him on the USO show, and then they meet him... That's in the final cut. Um, yeah. That's in every cut of the movie. And right. then um, they meet him again later down the river. They're out of fuel for their helicopter. And they're at this army base um, that's pretty much dilapidated. The commander's dead. It's kind of like the one, the bridge um, later, mm-hmm. but it's all in the rain. It's in day. And they have sex with the bunnies. That should have been in there. It should have been. I don't know. It's it's awkward and funny. Yeah. And sick and twisted at the same time. So I don't know. It's one of those scenes. I, I thought I thought it was really good. I would rather keep that than the fucking plantation scene. But <laughs> whatever, that's me. So Chef well, get to bang his playmate oh, poster. Yeah, he, he kept he keeps calling her like the wrong month in the scene too. He's like, oh yeah, Miss September. And she's like, I miss May. Yeah, Miss September. I miss May. The the plantation scene can stay or go in my opinion because I think it's one of the only things in there that actually gives you some of the actual story of the Vietnam War, which is kind of stands out. Like I said, it's not really about that. It's about people going through the, you know, it's, but they start throwing the politics in there in that one, in that scene, kind of it's really the whole, always the whole purpose of that scene, right? Was just to, to well, it's put kind some of weight on the war. Last vestige of sanity before you get past that point in the river. Well, yeah, it's these people hanging on to their existence, you know, yeah, just they don't want to doing, give up their land. Doing everything they can to, you know, to, to, to survive and stay. And then symbolically, it's... Hanging on to old ideas. Last area before in our journey of civilization before we end up in Kurt's world. Right. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's definitely um, politics heavy, but I'm, not, I'm never really 100% sure really why it's inserted in the movie where it is. Like, I don't know why we need that in the story at that point. Why, why do we need... Well, I think it's like he said. It's it's like it's like a breath before the storm. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but I, I feel like there's that. What is what is the part where they? Well, it's that bridge. Once they pass the bridge at night, when it's on fire and going yeah, crazy. and they they see all the soldiers. They look like they're fucking just tripped out on fucking drugs. <laughs> all of them. Yeah, they're just shooting at nothing. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like once once that starts happening, they actually start dying. Like that's when characters start. People on the boat start getting murdered. Yeah, and the the stakes start getting raised at that. Because in the original cut, that's kind of the last. That stands for the last, like the door into Kurt's world, right? I don't know. No more sanity after that. I don't know. I think that's like the, that's like the end of civilization. Is I kind of, I guess what I would say. It's not like I always view like the like the gates of hell or the gates to Kurt's is the. Uh, the tribe all painted in white. They're yeah. like sitting on the boat and the way they fucking just eerily part. They just kind of, yeah, this is such a cool shot, man. It's so yeah. fucking weird, it's man. Perfect. And you, you even watch like the fucking little native the dudes on the boat. Oh no, the staging that? in most of this movie is insane. That's why it took 16 months to shoot. Well, that, and they kept fucking losing <laughs> those goddamn helicopters. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Philippine army was, uh, what is they fighting a, a rebels, rebel right. insurgents, and they would just call away in the middle of the shot, and Francis would just all of a sudden just lose like five or six helicopters. I'm like, God damn it. Dude, and I didn't know this. You know, they had to repaint those every fucking day. Why? Because they're, uh, they're Filipino helicopters. They had to paint them with American colors. 
before each day of shooting. And then they just spray paint. How do you get it off? They'd repaint them. What? Yeah, they'd paint them at the end that's of the day. You, that's where your budget went. Because <laughs> they never knew what helicopters they were going to get back the next day. There's somebody who still talks about that painting gig that they got. You know, there's like, there was that one time that we had to go, we had to paint the same shit, you know, every single day. And it was like, God, that was a great contract. We made so much money that year. Because <laughs> the story goes like, you know, we were brought in for like two days. They, they had the helicopters for two days, but there were some rebels and they kept calling the helicopters away. So they had to keep us on for 16 months. <laughs> you know, because on, on Lord of the Rings, there was a person who actually sat around and made chain mail for seven years. That's insane. Yeah. Dude, what, what are you going to do when that, that's over? You're going to be like, what have you been doing for the last seven years of your life? Fucking making chain I mail. I make chain mail. <laughs> do you need any? I can, probably, make, I can make chain mail. He probably makes chain mail shirts, you know. He's like, God damn, Lord of the Rings, make us another sequel. Please. <laughs> no. I'm really efficient at this chain mail thing. <laughs> they probably still make chain mail to this day. Just, just sell it on eBay, dude. They probably do. And when the movie first came out, it didn't even have... He hadn't had... He hadn't put the credits on it yet, has he? Uh, well, it still doesn't have opening credits or a studio logo on it. Um, I remember him saying that they were handing the credits out in a little pamphlet. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they used to have... I mean, going to a movie back in the day used to be fucking awesome. Like, you'd get a fucking program, you know? Like going to a play? Yeah. I'm trying it, to would, it would give you a little synopsis, tell you the actors, and, and you know, little production notes in there. That's where most of that shit comes from that's on, like, Turner Movie Classics and, yeah. like, uh, IMDb. That's where they get that crap from old movies. That's awesome. Yeah, people collected that crap. It would be a big deal to go to the movies. Now we're just like, can go see a movie? <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, they used to make fucking lobby cards that were awesome. They were these little, like, you know, 8 by 10 posters. Yeah. Or, like, well, they'd be steals from the movie and shit. I don't do that anymore. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you, yeah. You used to put them yeah, in the box office exactly. window? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I think the last time I have ever saw one was, like, Batman. The, the one with Michael Keaton in uh, 89. Really? Yeah, that's the last time I remember seeing him, like, on a on a theater window. But, yeah, different time. Vincent, I feel like you're thinking about something to say. He is staring down quite no, I was intensely. Just trying, I, was, I remember watching that Heart of Darkness, and he was laughing about, I don't remember if it was they, they just didn't get the movie done in time, or they just run out of money, and it was something about, and it ended up, they couldn't put the credits on, and he was like, we'll just print them out. Well, I know that he, he ran out of money, and he went to George Lucas and asked for... for he was like, look, I'm going to lose my house. And George Lucas is like, okay, so uh, how about I buy your house, and then you, you know, you just pay me back at some point. <laughs> He's like, you know, <clears throat> Star Wars is doing really well. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> the little guy that made American Graffiti. His movie comes out that nobody thought was going to be shit. Yeah. Hey, uh, can I borrow some money? I mean, you've already borrowed one of my actors. <laughs> oh, there is a nice Harrison Ford cameo, and that's here. that's a good that's a good role for him because he's the one that kind of drops the news. He's like, "All right, look, uh, we need you to go <coughs> kill this <coughs> kill this guy," and uh, yeah, make that happen. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but I do like the coffin. He does. Oh yeah, he's like, oh, <coughs> "What uh, <coughs> Terminator's command." <coughs> <laughs> Extreme prejudice. <coughs> yep. Under what? <coughs> you know, whatever you need to do, just make it happen. <laughs> I thought he did a good job of creating with the camera just distrust between all those guys in that room. Oh yeah, everybody's just smoking. <laughs> oh. And you keep cutting to the dude in the white shirt. You're like, something's up. Yeah. Why do they want this guy dead? What's up with the CIA? Spook. Well, and they also they know. So when the officers come in and uh, it's after um, Martin Sheen's like had an acid trip in his room or whatever, <laughs> cut his hand all up and gone crazy. Oh, it's a very famous scene. Um, when they come in to wake him up, they don't even mention it or anything. It's just like, all right, he did this again. All right, sir, get up. Come on, we gotta go. Let's get you dressed. Yeah, <laughs> let's call the maid in here. <laughs> you know. Um, so that, I like that. That I makes mean, they me always. Well, that makes me think that that's, for each other. that's why they kind of send this guy on this this trip, because he's kind of off his rocker, and they know it. 
They have oh, you to think know. they know he's he's already off his? I'm rocker? telling you, when when they come in, the, no the, 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 yeah, the, I didn't the, get that. Yeah, uh, well, the, why, 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 why do the two people who come in and pick him up? They don't even. They're like, all right, you know, there's, there's blood so, everywhere. They're, they're soldiers. soldiers and they look out and for each other. He's he's a ranking officer, and their job is to get him and get him to that other place. Like even though these people are crazy, and like even Kurtz at the end when he's doing his horror speech, like you can be a ruthless <sighs> motherfucker, but you still got to keep. Uh, your morality and they show that in the film like there's Robert Duvall's character he's fucking insane and he's like standing out in this beach while bombs are going off <laughs> but when that uh, one guy is dying he gives him a drink from his cantina it instantly gets sidetracked <laughs> well he does just because he's like what there's a famous surfer here holy shit <laughs> <laughs> and the guy's like please bring the water back. he's like oh my god my guts are hanging out but there's the <laughs> woman that comes up with the 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 child that's been shot yeah. and he takes the kid away and the mother yeah. and he's like go go get medical attention right and in that scene I, I always just took it as the two soldiers that came to get him they're just like we gotta deal with another another crazy motherfucker alright throw him in the shower it's like routine right not like they're used to him doing it just they're used to people in general doing mm. it and the the reason he's sent on the mission is because he's done something similar that we're not told exactly what it is. So he, he's done it before. They know he can keep his mouth shut. Yeah, it seems that way. And he's probably expendable. Hmm. Not a lot of people are going to miss him back home. Right. Well, the last guy they sent up, uh, fucking uh, Co- uh, I forget what his <laughs> name, Colby? He, Colby. He, he, he's, a tur- he's, a, he's a turncoat. He just kind of like, all right, I'm going with you now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he ends up folding them with Kurtz's men. Yeah. He's like, all right. He's like, I'm kind of into this. <laughs> oh, man. Man, what a poet this Kurtz is. Oh, man. Oh, Dennis Have you heard his horror, so horror stories yet? <laughs> oh, horror. He's a genius, man. He's a warrior poet, man. <laughs> We've all been out here trying to, f- he talks and you never see his mouth. He knows where the shadows are, man. Yeah, man. His performance is built for ADR. <laughs> Dennis Hopper's so good, man. I could not imagine anybody else in that role. No, not at all. I yeah. feel like he was cut out a little bit in this movie. You guys movie. said that. Like, I, I, I wish I would... Well, he's always disappeared at the end of the film. Okay, so there, there weren't shots it of his... Like, it just felt like either in Redux or the original, because I get those two mixed up, he was in there more. No. Is it just a feeling I have because he's doing a good performance? Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's any extra. Hmm. In fact, I think there's that extra scene um, with him giving uh, Martin Sheen uh, water. I think that's added. He's good in it. Him and um, Marlon Brando apparently did not get along. Marlon Brando hated Dennis Hopper. Really? Yeah. Marlon did Brando like hated him. everybody. Marlon Brando was a huge pain in the ass in this movie. He sounds like he was a huge pain in the last few movies. Yeah, but on this one, this this was this was something a little different, man. Like just straight up three million dollars, right? For what was it? Two weeks originally supposed to be yeah. the work, and he's got five, six scenes in the movie. <laughs> Maybe I think he's got Maybe. four scenes, and they like take some shots of him like sitting <laughs> when they cut him in later. I mean, spots. technically, you could have shot everything he's he's doing in like a day and a half. <laughs> right. Yeah. Apparently, he didn't read his script and didn't know his lines. Didn't know his lines. He's on he's on that really long airplane ride. Didn't even look at it. He's just like you know drinking scotch and. and he was such a dick, man. When he first got hired, that he was like, "Look, I don't want my character to be called Colonel Kurtz. I want to be known as Colonel Leahy." And they were like, "What? Where's that coming from?" All right, well, you know they already paid the guy a million dollar advance at that point, so they don't want to lose it because he's threatening to walk if he doesn't get his way. So they're like, "Yeah, okay, whatever." So they shoot a majority of this film. With Marlon Brando's character being Laylee. And then when he shows up on set, he apparently, like, they got into a huge argument, they being uh, Marlon Brando and Coppola, and they they shut production down for four days. Wow. And on the fourth day, Marlon Brando finally came out of his houseboat that he was living on, on the lake, or river, comes out and is like, hey, I read Hearts of Darkness. I think it's a great book. I want to be Kurtz again. And he's got his head shaved. <laughs> And Coppola's just like, son of a bitch, you motherfucker. I now wanna... I have to shoot everything over. <gasps> yeah, they went back, I think, in 80 yard. <laughs> they did not reshoot it. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, Martin Sheen also had a heart attack on set. Yeah. Can't yeah. deal with it. And apparently uh, Coppola tried to kill himself a few times. Yeah. I think six. <laughs> <laughs> He's not very good at it. I mean, like you'd think after <laughs> the first couple times you could figure it out. <laughs> 
Well, I, th- I think he just threatened suicide. I don't think he actually uh, did anything. He's like, look, this movie's going to be the death of me. Yeah, I mean, watching <laughs> the making of this movie is like, man. <laughs> I fucking met the Godfather. I could do whatever. Well, yeah, the the making of Hearts of Darkness, that is uh, made by his wife. And it, that's a real personal look at, like, just fucking filmmaking hell. Yeah. I don't think there's ever been is, a better. Has anybody ever, like, why was Brando so hard to get along with in these last few movies? I don't it's know. fucking insane, man. Success, dude. I don't know where people get these, like, insane ideas where they're like, no, I don't, I just, I'm, I'm refusing to do that. <laughs> you read the script, like, why? Dude, hit your, hit your mark and say your lines. Go back to your <laughs> trailer. Like, like in Superman, where he's trying to sell that, I'll just ADR the lines and you shoot, what was it, a melon? A carrot or something. It was some kind of fucking fruit or vegetable. What? Yeah, he told Richard Donner, we don't know what aliens look like. Or was it a bagel? It was something like that. It was like some food item. He goes, I think they would look like this. So I'll say the lines and you shoot this this melon or this bagel. It's fucking insane. Yeah, true story. I think he's just like trying to get more money. He was already getting fucking a shit ton. He was making millions of hey, dollars man, when nobody else was. That island that Johnny Depp ended up buying. <laughs> there goes another overpaid fucking movie star. <laughs> oh my god. You know, if you spend $30,000 a month on wine, you got to make a lot of money to be able to do that. I mean, I just can't imagine being like Richard Donner and not not being, not just going, you know, people are going to come see this movie for Superman, not his dad. You can't tell Marlon Brando that. He'd probably cry right then and there on the spot and refuse to do the movie and keep all your money. (laughs) I would, I guess a different world, but I would have been fine. I'm like, fine, refuse to do the movie. I'll get Jack Nicholson. <laughs> that is what they threatened to do on this one. Yeah. They, they threw threatened a, for Jack? Yeah. They threw around Jack Nicholson's name and uh, Al Pacino and somebody else. Oh, Jack would have been great. Yeah. Jack would have been good. Because that's the other thing that kind of sucks about uh, Marlon Brando in the role. Well, I guess it doesn't suck because you really can't tell. They hide it with their camera shots and their lighting. But he's, he's, a, he's a little fat, man, to be out in the jungle for a couple of years. Yeah. Everyone see, else. I think it works. I think it works as him as this psychotic king of this little village, and they feed him whatever he wants, and he doesn't do anything but walk around and talk. Give me some Twinkies. (laughs) (laughs) Go kill that village and bring me Twinkies. Bring me Twinkies. See, sir, uh, that guy over there ate the last Twinkie, cut his head off, and We could totally him. do a spoof <laughs> where the, the beginning of the movie is the colonels bring in Sheen, and they're like, we need you to go kill Kurtz. We've got rumors that he's been invading villages all around stealing Twinkies. <laughs> There's not a single Twinkie left for the guys. The guys don't have Twinkies? No, Kurtz got them all. That son of a bitch. Cambodia and Vietnam are <laughs> out of Twinkies. Now. <laughs> so he actually shows up and he has a box of Twinkies unopened and he's like, is that a fresh box? <laughs> Instead of the cutting the cow, they're cutting a Twinkie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's bleeding everywhere. We have a break here, guys? I think so, Brian. All right. Well, let's play the trailer for Apocalypse Now, the final cut, and we'll be right back. You've heard of Colonel Walter E. Kurtz. Your mission is to terminate the Colonel's command. Terminate. Terminate with extreme prejudice. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Very obviously, he has gone insane. This is the end, my only friend, the end. Are you an assassin? I'm a soldier. Oh. 
pretty good trailer. I mean, you mean like the horrible trailer? Oh man, come no, on. man, but that's that, a great the trailer. The horror at the end almost the makes horror. me laugh. What for real? The last one. The the horror. I thought it was weird that I'm, I know it's Apocalypse Now, the final cut. It's the 40th anniversary and shit, but I thought it was weird that they had Kurt's dead. <laughs> oh, they give it away? Yeah. You're like, uh, if you've never seen this movie, like, oh, fucking, we fucked up, guys. You walk uh, into man, this movie. He could have just yeah. be going to sleep. Yeah, man. With blood he, on his face. Uh, he's like, <laughs> well, just two seconds before he had green on his face. They could just be red. They, you know, it's blood from killing that cow. He goes in, he rubs it all over his face, and he's like, the horror. He's talking about, he, he Kurtz is turning into, you know, a pedophile. <laughs> and he, you know, doesn't want to kill animals anymore. Well, no, you brought up animal killing. You can't say the uh, Animal Humane logo is on this film. Yeah, he only wants Twinkies from now on. <laughs> Those are vegan. Because they actually killed a uh, the bull in the film. That was actually slaughtered. And eaten. Yes. I don't see a problem with that. Well, I mean, it was, uh, I don't know what that uh, tribe was in uh, the Philippines, but whatever. They were out there shooting, and they were going to slaughter the animal anyway, and they just put the cameras up. Sounds like a good plan to me. Pretty hardcore how they do it, though. It is, dude. <laughs> it is just keep hacking. How, like, little blood there is, too. Yeah. You know, you think if you cut somebody's fucking head off or an animal's head off, there'd just be, like, I mean, at least some blood. Oh, there was blood. It just wasn't, you know. It's yeah, it's not gushing out or. Well, you know, not uh, it. <laughs> we we've been conditioned to to watch, you know, Halloween and and things like that. And there's blood. I was thinking Kill Bill or Mighty Python. <laughs> okay, that's extreme. <laughs> it's just a flesh wound. <laughs> Speaking of spoofs, uh, did you have you seen Hot Shots? Yeah, a long time ago. Where. He's going down the river, and, he, and he's got the monologue, and then here comes his dad. And he oh, yes. <laughs> he's like, they're both going, I loved you in Wall Street. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh, Martin Sheen. He's got a great voice, dude. Oh, man. He's always had a great voice. His son tries to emulate it. Yeah. Charlie. Oh, wait, which one? Oh, Charlie. Charlie Sheen. No, no, not Emilio Estevez. He's like, ducks, 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 ducks. Why did Charlie, uh, why did Martin Sheen change his last name? Martin Estevez? Uh, yeah, Martin Estevez. What's wrong with that? I don't know. Like Martin Sheen, Sheen doesn't really... Like, it's got the sheen. Yeah. It's got a little shine to it. It's got a little glisten. Yeah, got baby. built in sparkle. Yeah. Jazz hands. Come on. Was it Hot Shots or Hot Shots 2 when Admiral Benson wants him to turn the ship around because his hat come off? I think that was the first one. That's my favorite scene in the movie. I love that scene. I'm not 100% sure. I can't remember all the... He's like, my hat. Turn the boat around. <laughs> Sir, we can't just turn around. We'll put two men on a lifeboat. <laughs> we'll pick head. them up on the way back. Yeah. I, I can't remember much about the second one except for the... They made fun of uh, the Rambo films. Yeah. He shoots a chicken. I remember that. And they uh, made oh, fun he shoot, of... Oh, uh, a bone arrow? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it like lays eggs and shit. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. Oh, it's completely ridiculous. If you thought, <laughs> still funny though. If you thought, if you thought, uh, what's the uh, oh the Leslie Nielsen uh, Naked Gun? The Naked Gun movies were ridiculous. No, <laughs> these movies are ridiculous. Yeah, I like the first one, Hot Shots. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I'm gonna go watch that again. <laughs> we should have we should have done that as a. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Double feature. We'll, we'll get we'll get through like all the uh, all the all movie the references. Okay. Yeah, then, then, we'll, then we'll hit up hot shots because uh, we're that's got the uh, No Way Out reference in it, and I know it's got a bunch of Top Gun references in it. Oh yeah. Did you guys see that uh, that new uh, Maverick? Top Gun? Yeah, new Top Gun trailer for the dose. Yeah, man, fuck that trailer. I want to see that movie now. I know. I feel the same way. <laughs> What's wrong with that? That's good, man. I didn't really want to. I, I'm not a big fan of the first Top Gun. It's I like fun. Top Gun, bro. This is one like, of my movies growing up. I love that movie. Yeah. Like I don't. Really, I never really cared about the movie, but man, those jets look awesome. <laughs> yeah, they do, man. Did you hear the internet buzz about his jacket changing because of uh, the movie is funded by uh, is partially by the Chinese government? Or something like that, so they had to change the logo, the flag on the back of his jacket. He never so, had a China flag, though. Or is it Japan? Oh, oh, he had a Japanese flag, Japanese so flag on there. Yeah, so they, they the they Chinese pulled, wanted yeah. to. That's fucked up, bro. That's yeah. some racist bullshit they, they right that there. Shit off there. How did that not fucking blow Twitter up? It did. 
Oh man, I missed it. Yeah, on the very first day that the, uh, the, the you know that they were like side by side compare uh, comparison. So what's of his the jacket. difference in the jacket? Pull it up, Brian. It, it's uh, you know he's got all those patches on the back. The patches mm-hmm. on the back. There was a. Uh, it was like a. I don't know what I, it was, I, I, but it was it, the it, red dot. It's the red dot, yeah, and Jeff that's Japanese flag. flag, and it's got some stuff written around it. I don't, yeah, like commemorating some kind of war or something. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know which war he fought, but he they changed it because of the this movie's funded by some Chinese thing or whatever. Because mm. there's no way he would have been like, you know, flying jets over in fucking World War Two. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because <laughs> he's like way too uh, young in the movie for that. It's Ch- amazing how much like. Racial tension is between these Asian groups. Oh, man, yeah. Well, let, let's be clear. You know, there are uh, lots of reasons for the Chinese and the Japanese to hate each other. You know, they have both done terrible things to each other <laughs> throughout, throughout fucking history. I mean, like, just set villages on fire and raped women and killed children kind of terrible shit. So. But they both have amazing food. Well, you can say that for a lot of countries, man. <laughs> yeah. And Viet- Vietnamese food. There you go. Oh, man, one of my favorite things in the world, man. That's probably the best thing that ever came out of the Vietnamese War. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's actually probably a true statement. <laughs> yeah, they did change it. What, what, what did they change it to? The Top Gun jacket here was what we were talking about. Oh, they already know. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're following along on our little tangents. Okay, they, they went from a Japanese flag to looks like a What does sailboat. it say under the uh, <laughs> Japanese flag? USS Galveston. Well, but they changed the last, the bottom two patches. It looks like from a Japanese flag, and a, I don't know what country that is. To a, I don't know what those two are. Huh, well, got to be politically correct. Wait, wait, that's not being politically correct. That's bowing down to some like fucking uh, some some racist uh, that's corporate changing, overlords. That's changing that's the doing. look of Sonic the Hedgehog. That's <laughs> leaning to some bullshit, is what I gotta say. <laughs> What's Sonic the Hedgehog? Oh, you didn't know about that? Like, they, they released what Sonic the Hedgehog was going to look like in the movie, and people were like, fuck that, I'm not watching that bullshit, and they went back and changed it. Yeah. For the they, whole movie. They went really? Back. Yeah. Yep. The director's like, oh shit, nobody's going to watch this movie. <laughs> Can you imagine remodeling The a- entire fucking movie? Yeah. All right, guys, you got to start the render farms back up. <laughs> I mean, like... Even if you just put a new model in, it's not going to have the same dimensions and stuff. So no. certain parts of it are going to yep. overlap again. All the lighting, so you got to go back and, and textures yeah. and all that shit and rendering all those frames. You got to go tweak all that crap. Yep. Are, are, they pushed the release date back for that, right? Because they they oh, there's okay. no way there's no way they would they able to get it out. Oh my god! So has it come out? No, not yet. No, they're still rendering. <laughs> they're probably still moving keyframes. Fuck, <laughs> there's, oh, there's some really like uh, like like mad Adderall out like animators. <laughs> so back in when Apocalypse Now was made, the the phrase was, "No, they're still shooting." Right now, it's they're just still rendering. They're still rendering that shit. <laughs> still animating. Still, uh, you know, drawing all the shit onto the frame. Um, I heard a uh, an interview with uh, Coppola about putting up. His house or whatever. Did, did you guys hear that one? Yeah, his, his winyard. Yeah, his yeah his winyard. <laughs> and he and he's like, look, I make a lot of money to do what I do, so it'd be kind of ridiculous to not put it all up because I can just get it all back next time. Yeah, I think he said something. He's like, yeah, if you, if I if I only have a thousand dollars, I can take that thousand dollars, and if I'm real risky with it, I can make it feel like ten thousand. Yeah. Okay, man. You can roll that camera for 20 minutes for $1,000. <laughs> I get the principle that he's talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, be bold, make investments, invest in your own work. If you're Francis Ford Coppola, do it. Yeah. Hence why you buy a winyard. A winyard. <laughs> Gotta get your winyard, man. Uh, how is it that I've been, I've lived this long and I've never heard or thought of? Winyard. Winyard, bro. That's where you get your wine. I thought it was just a inward, like inside joke. So it, I, was I, I, I like it, man. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start using that. No, I fucked up one day, and it's just, it's funny. So why yeah. stop? You know, the shooting ratio. We don't talk about shooting ratios much. I wish we would. We're gonna talk about shooting ratios for this film. Okay. Because this film had a hundred to one shooting ratio, which is ridiculous for film. Yeah. That's what you get in, like, documentaries. Right. We try to go for a three-to-one. Would be amazing. That never happens. <laughs> Wait, in digital? <laughs> that never... Does that ever happen in digital? Sometimes. 
Does it? Nowadays, they just roll, though. Just, just keep yeah. it rolling. We're going to do a series. I feel like, yeah, that's kind of how it goes. I was, I was looking it up because I, I was curious, but uh, they were saying um, 7 to 1 to 10 to 1 was what a film in the 70s, uh, big budget, that's their shooting ratio. And if you don't know what that means, that means for every seven takes, there's one good take. Or ten takes, there's one good take. Or like uh, every fi- every for every one minute of film, like how much raw footage oh, right. yeah, did exactly you did you there. shoot? So you know, um, if your finished product's like an hour long, you shot for two. You know, you got two hours of raw footage or <laughs> whatever. And I, I'm not 100 percent sure they count the takes in that, right? Yes, I thought so. Yes. Wonder what Kubrick's shooting ratio was. It was 100 to one. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think his uh, ratios were nearly as bad. Really? Yeah. I think uh, this was like in the Guinness Book of World Records for a long time. I mean, they shot a lot longer, though. I mean, Kubrick shot, oh, I don't know, though. Eyes Wide shot Shut. For a year. Yeah, Eyes Wide Shut may have taken it. Yeah, he shot, what, 15 months on, what was it, Shining or Full Metal Jacket? I don't know. We talked about it. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember either. I remember, remember saying or thinking, man, just having 15 months to shoot what you want. <laughs> but Kubrick mostly would shoot, though, with, like, one camera. And you're, you know, you're mostly... I mean, you have to realize that this is, like, Coppola is shooting gigantic action scenes. And he has, like, what, 10 cameras out there at some points? Yes. Oh, man. Well, so, he I mean, shoots in this like, movie. Like, I think that's one thing that's going to get, as time get kind of passes on... Generations will uh, less appreciate what you're seeing on on the screen in this movie. Just the depth of of setup and action and staging. I hope not, man. That would be really depressing. Because that fucking helicopter raid on the fucking village is one of the most goddamn incredible, if not... It is seriously one of the most amazing things I've ever seen, and I'm so glad I got to see it on the big screen. It, It, like, whoa... I love how it's set just up in staging it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Just the bl- the blocking of all that and just the, the, the chaos and, and just moving the camera through. The controlled chaos. The controlled chaos. No shit. Orchestrated chaos is insane. Yeah, I like how it, it starts in the air with the guys and when they yeah. start playing the music and then when the soldiers, they drop down after they shot the place up, they drop down. The guys get out. And there's that one guy's like, I'm not going. I'm not going. <laughs> and they grab him and then it's like handheld. And we're down in the shit. There's a couple right. of dolly shots. And then we go back up in the air. It's just it's so well done. Oh, it's just, it's amazing. Like, even Saving Private Ryan. And that's a, that's a great movie. I love that film. But that, in, the, in its battle scenes, especially in the beginning, it sticks with a tone. Mm-hmm. And when it breaks, it breaks into, like, a, a POV of uh, Tom Hanks. Right. You know, that's what you're getting. That's where you're living. And in this film... It's all over the place. You're getting like all these different POVs from everyone and all these different angles and you're up in the air, you're down below and it's insanity. Chaos. Yeah. It's yeah. it's fucking awesome. I love it so much. It's exciting. Oh. It's an experience. I know like when my daughter was watching uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, at one point looks over and goes, so was this green screen? Meaning done in the computer. I was like, no, this was done all like they had to go out and shoot this stuff this is all practical matte painting right there and (laughs) no matte paintings in this movie she immediately like to her when you see big scenes like that that's what they're doing is they're making it in the computer so i think there's as time goes on people kids will see this movie and they won't even think unless they're interested in film of what went into getting that shot (sighs) that would suck dude all of this is fucking for real it looks for real Pretty awesome look. Oh, it's amazing. You know, the only thing over time I'm not the biggest fan of are the the bullet tracers or the missile tracers that they have. They kind of look just like flares when they shoot out. Yeah. You know, but I think that's what they were. They I don't, probably were. That's what they look like anyway. I don't know much about, you know, flares and ammunitions. Yeah, but the use of all the colored smoke and everything in this is super cool, especially when they oh, get all yes. tripped out <laughs> in there. I love the helicopter flying through with the radio. Return the surfboard, Lance. <laughs> it's like, please, just return the board. Oh, okay. That's something that's never made sense in the original cut because they, uh, the stealing the surfboard, that's cut out of the movie in the original edit. Did you know that the beach that they uh, shot that on, that they ended up leaving those surfboards there and the people who lived there learned how to surf and now there's a surfing community on that beach? What? Because of that. 
Charlie don't know how to surf. They do now. Damn. Look at that. We taught Charlie how to surf. Hell yeah, we did. They're like, <laughs> fuck's this board? This doesn't have a sail on it. <laughs> There's no walls on this boat. <laughs> There's no sides to this boat. What's happening? <laughs> Makes yeah. me wonder if those props are still around there somewhere. Like all just the random shit that they yeah. blew up and left? Dude, there has to be all kinds of crazy shit from that movie that's there. Like helicopter just leaning against. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like sticking up out of the water. <laughs> or it's like buried in the sand like at the end of fucking uh, Planet of the Apes. <laughs> well, shit, Kurtz's compound may be, dude. They just fucking blew that bitch up and they're like, all right, cool, later, bye. You guys gonna clean this up, right? I can't believe they didn't use that. This is all biodegradable. Yeah. They shot it, too. They shot that shit. It's on the fucking Blu-ray, the well, 4K, everything. To be fair, they were like, wait, we got to take this down? We are done. We are ready to get the fuck. I've been here for 16 months. Let's just blow it up. But it was the biggest explosion ever put on film at the time. Like, why not put it in the movie? Yeah. At least, you know, as the credits roll up, they bring up the little box. <laughs> <laughs> picture in picture. Yeah, the world's biggest explosion in a tiny it's window. Like, <laughs> and the sound effects are really muted so yeah. far away <laughs> and it cuts the, all the crew like cheersing and shit like you know yeah. hard <laughs> to pull a marvel and at the end of the movie after the credits then go blow it up oh, did, did they release that at least on the blu-ray oh, yeah you can they watch the, the footage, footage. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's cool. yeah the footage is cool that's one thing I was a little disappointed of walking out of the final cut I was, I was kind of hoping that they were going to put that in the end Willard gets, gets on the walkie calls in the airstrike blows up Kurtz's compound. That would have been a would have been a different way to in the movie. I would have enjoyed it. It goes into like guess, Call of Duty mode and he calls in the airstrike. <laughs> I guess they don't want to end on the mode of all these native people just got blown up. Yeah. All the vegans in the audience will be cheering anyway. They're like cow murderers. <laughs> but How from a strategic you? point of view, I can totally see like erase all memory of this. <laughs> yeah, get rid of the evidence, man. Yeah, because that guy was like uh, decorating. Kurtz was decorating his compound with like fucking bodies, bodies and yeah. decapitated heads. It was like a graveyard. Uh, yeah, he's laying around smelling everybody rotting. Great. Yeah, he's like that, that's why he talked with his nose kind of closed like that. Uh, you know <laughs> the way he kind of talks. So what is the nasal. what is the story around? Why he shot the way he sh- other than he gained weight? Yeah, I mean that that was it. Did he not know his lines? Yeah, he didn't was know his lines. He just lines. making stuff up. Yeah, him and Coppola. There's stuff on Hearts of Darkness where yeah, Coppola is just going through like different material, different lines and dialogues of. And he's trying to like get <laughs> Marlon same line twice. I know he's trying to get Marlon Brando <laughs> like, come on, let's window, let's let's get this down to the idea. All right, we need to say this. And it's, I think it was like, what, 15, 20 minutes of Marlon Brando ranting, and they cut it down. And that's what's in the movie. But, I mean, I like how he comes in and out of the shadows. That's a really cool effect. It is cool. And I think it's creepy as shit when he brings uh, Willard in, when he's like all chained up and captured and muddy. And there's that close-up, and he finally comes out of the shadow. You can see his face for the first time after he's been bathing his fucking bald head in the water. And he's just like, you're just an errand boy. It's like, oh, damn, bro. What the fuck is going on? This is weird. Are you an assassin? <laughs> no, I'm a soldier. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Fucking love this movie, dude. It's very good. It is very good. So I've heard you say this is your favorite war movie. Yeah. Is it yours? Kind of leaning toward the Patriot. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> uh, my favorite war movie is uh, Braveheart. Oh, yeah. That's about wars, bro. Yeah, yeah I don't think of that as a, as a war film, but you're right. That's back when people were crazy about war. They'd stand in front of like lines of each other and be like, all right, we're all about to die. <laughs> Run at each other and hack each other to bits. Then the Patriot was like, let's hide in the trees. Yeah. <laughs> to the trees! <laughs> they had that fucking awesome cannonball in that movie, though. That was oh, cool. where it took everybody's legs out? Yeah, that yeah, was fucking awesome. Yeah, man. I remember seeing that. I was like, oh, this is the first movie that's going to actually show you what a cannonball really does to yeah. the human body. Tear your ass up. Right, it cool. is amazing that it took humans that long to think of, all right, <laughs> when they all line up, what if we hide? And shoot at them. Well, they, they were always militias and stuff like that. There were just rules to war. Yeah. And everybody tried to, you know, there was, if we're going to be a civilized nation and we're going to battle, then we're going to have rules to war, which is dumb as fuck. <laughs> what? Well, no, there's still need... rules to war. Yeah, there's still, you know, like Geneva Codes and shit yeah, like that. Yeah, no, but yeah. like, you know, that standard. Which is weird if you think about it. Like, 
All right, there's rules to how to go kill other countries. Really, war is kind of ridiculous in the in the first place. Like, I mean, the, they bring it up in the Viet in this movie, but the Vietnam, like, we're sending like what our sons, daughters, and well, just I guess at this time, just our sons over to die for political reasons to not spread communism. If that was the reason, I mean, I don't even know. Like, what what are we talking about here? <laughs> you know, we're talking about made up shit with made up fucking lines. It's ridiculous. It's I ridiculous. remember back in like 2000, 2002 when we first attacked Afghanistan and somebody was doing it, uh, like just discussing the war on terror and how how different it is strategically because normally you have rules of engagement and Geneva codes for war, but terrorist organizations don't follow. Well, and that was also a problem in Vietnam, too. I mean, you saw the woman throw the mm-hmm. grenade in the fucking helicopter, and then they just fucking gun her down, like, shoot that bitch right now before she fucking <laughs> runs away. Fucking mow her down. And they hit her, and he's like, yeah, good job. I'm going to buy you a six-pack when we get back. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? I don't know, man. It's weird shit. So it, is Good Morning Vietnam a war movie? <sighs> I, mean, I don't really remember it's any like, battles in that. Kinda, well, there were. There were. Were there? Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen that. It's been he a falls, solid 15 years. I think he years. falls in love with this woman, and then she gets killed. And No, her brother, come to find out her brother is friends with the terrorist group that blew up the bar. Okay. Because remember, Robin Williams was in the bar, and then his buddy comes in. He's like, no, you got to come. You got to get out of here. And then the bar blows up, and Robin Williams gets in trouble because he's only allowed to report official news right but he was there he knew it happened and they said that's unofficial so he gets on the air and he goes unofficially today a bomb went off and it unofficially killed I have that on Blu-ray it's like five ninety nine on uh, Best Buy wow yeah I want to watch that again guys I guess really the only other thing I want to talk about is that uh, Walter Murch cut this movie yes he did and uh, kind of invented sound design with this film Oh, the new design, the updated I mean, they, sound they sounds did. great. I agree. But, like, uh, I think it was, like, the first, it really wasn't what you would consider 5.1 because they didn't know that that's what it was at the time because a 5.1 really wasn't uh, invented yet. I know there had been, like, uh, what, four-channel audio, five-channel audio before, um, but this was, like, a, a the first, I think, six-channel hmm. that was put on a, a film. Actually, like, a, the sound was read on a film print. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is kind of crazy that, like, light yeah. reads audio. And makes sound. Right? But, yeah, this is a big deal. Of course, he did, like, the uh, the sound design with the uh, the fans and the helicopters. That's very cinematic. Very important. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Highly recommend his book, uh, Blink of an Eye. So is that him going... <laughs> No. He just picks up an envelope next to him and, like, waves it over the microphone. <laughs> no, apparently Coppola, uh, I mean, I know it's a stretch to believe that he asked for crazy realistic things. They yeah. actually had to go and fire all the weapons. They couldn't use blanks. They had to actually use real ammunition. Coppola was like, I want everything to sound exactly like it does in real life. Even though uh, they, they're obviously blanks in some of the close-up shots. Of like oh, what the, they're firing? Of, of, of the belts, of the of the bullets and stuff. I saw that on the big screen. I was like, oh, those are blanks. Those are definitely blanks. Oh, you're talking about the big gunner um, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the boat? Yeah. Yeah, you can yeah, see yeah. You can see that they're blanks. When Lance is firing with the two. Right. Yeah. You're right. You're but you right. want them to be blanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of crazy they didn't go back and, like, digitally and fix anything. Like, although I guess nothing really needs to be fixed. Fuck it. Let it go, man. Yeah. I mean, the movie looks great. Looks I know George Lucas was going to direct this one, but he didn't. <laughs> so. If he had. <laughs> Jar Jar Binks would have been this motherfucker. He's oh. going to kill you. <laughs> and uh, we, should, we should talk about cinematographer Storaro. I know we've talked about his work oh, yeah. a bunch. But, man, this is, this is a, a terrific film. I mean, he won the Oscar. Best cinematography. Isn't, the, isn't that the DP that, uh, that created the two-to-one aspect ratio? Did he? I think so. Oh, man, I didn't know that. I think so. I did not know that. And he, he petitioned for all things to go that way for TV and film because it's got that, you know. He wants everything 235. He's like, No, it's not 235. It's 2 to 1. 2 to 1? Yeah. Why Why 2 to 1? 
I don't know enough to talk about it right now. But I, I, I think then why bring I, it up? I, man? I, it's because it's because he's the one that I think he's the one that that created it. I wonder why he chooses. That's weird. You'd like two to one over two three five. Although I don't know why they change they go back and forth between two point three five and two point four. I don't know if that's like a a camera mount that causes that for certain cameras. Wait, say it again. The difference between two three five and two point four. It's because there was two three five and then there was one eight five, and he was like, "I got to invent one that's in the middle." It's like well, I don't I don't know what the the reasoning behind that okay. is. Okay, Univism two to one aspect ratio created by Vittorio Storaro. My favorite Italian cinematographer. And he he came up with it in nineteen ninety eight. He plans for a new film format to be called Univision. He did it in nineteen ninety eight. Any new movie, no matter how big or small, successful or not, will. Uh, will have a very short life on the big screen. Oh, okay, so uh, this is what it was. You know, everything was um, four by three, and they'd blow your movie up and yeah. do pan and scan. Yeah. This was to get rid of that. He was trying to create, like, look, we need we need an aspect ratio that is, you know, that will be the same across all platforms so we don't have this problem about, you know, people wanting to blow things up and do pan and scan and all that. So he was trying to create a standard. So he was trying to create 16 by 9. No, it's 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 narrower than sixteen by nine. I know. Okay, <laughs> I, was, I was joking because okay. sixteen by nine became became the became the standard. Right. It seems weird, like, which is a little bit different than one eight five one, which right. is standard film. I wonder if like uh, that got less grain than Super thirty five. Is that why he was he was pushing that? It's just cropping it. I mean, you're cropping it to that aspect ratio. The, the film the film would still be one eight five. Unless you made really? the game. You're not, you're not you shooting made... with anamorphic lens and squeezing Anamor- it that, that way. Uh, this is uh, anamorphic two three five is wider than this. This is narrower, so this is in between uh, two three five and sixteen by nine or one eight five. Yeah, but what's uh what's a what's a, a film frame? It's like one three three, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, no, no. It's that's a standard film frame. So that's if you're going to use uh, anamorphic lenses. But if you're shooting super thirty five, is one eight five. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So. It, it depends on what film you're doing. Or if you're shooting uh, two perf. No, no. Uh, Super 35, you shoot... Uh, you, it's DCI. Uh, you can get a whole frame, though, on a on a um, 4x3 monitor. No, it'll have the, it'll no, have that's the bars. No, that's because that's how uh, James Cameron did Terminator 2. Maybe it's one perf, Super 35. But I thought all Super 35 was one perf. I could be wrong. All I know is my digital film camera is a Super 35 sensor. It's 185. But all digital cameras shoot one eight five. No, they no not. Or one seven seven, or one seven six or something. No, my, mine is wider than uh, one. It, it, my, mine is wider than a sixteen by nine sensor. I have a super thirty five sensor. There's a sixteen by nine sensor, a super thirty five sensor, and a full frame sensor, which is your standard. Yeah, film. but that, I don't know if that equates to what a film it camera does. does. It's it, it is the same gate. Are you sure it was Super 35 and not just Standard it's Super 35? 35? Yeah, the reason James Cameron shot Terminator 2 and Super 35 was so when he went and did the... Because uh... I know he shot both aspects. No, he just took the bars off. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. He had the bars marking for, this is what theatrical is going to be, and this yeah. is what... Oh, you're talking about oh. on the preview monitor. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry. I was confused. I thought you were talking about in the output. Super 35 ratios have included 133 to 1, 1781, and 1851, which is a flat print. 133 to, 133 to 1 is a 43. 1781 is 16 by 9, but the full frame of it is the 1851, which is what my camera shoots. Ah. As you need to. Yeah, I agree. And we need to talk about that because I've got a better camera for you in your price range. This random tangent on aspect ratio is brought to you by the Movie Crew Podcast at gmail.com. Excuse <laughs> <laughs> the end. Yeah, uh, are we at the point here, guys? Yeah, we, I think are, we are. We're at the rating. I like. I like. I like when we go off on nerdy tangents. <laughs> and I know that there's someone out there listening who knows way more than we do, and they're like, "Listen, you dumb motherfuckers." <laughs> Please send us an email to the Movie Crew Podcast, the Movie Crew Pod at gmail.com. Tell hey, us we're wrong. That's right. Well, I, anybody not going to give this movie a ten? I don't think so. I, I think if you didn't give this movie a 10, you're an asshole. Yeah. You don't know how to watch cinema, right? That's right. You <laughs> you're broken. Fuck. What are you even doing? <laughs> yeah, so everyone's giving it a 10, right? Yeah, yeah okay. totally. Yeah. Great movie. Cinematography's amazing. Music's amazing. Um, first time I watched Music's it. Music's weird. No, there's it, the music has great moments in this movie. It is, but it's, yeah. it is bizarre. Yeah. Like the movie. Um, I watched this in film school because I was, you know, you gotta watch this movie, bro. And I remember kind of being sleepy through it. And I hadn't watched it again until we watched it together. And 
seeing it now, it is fully immersive. I mean, I was like, I was gripped by this movie, you know, and there's something about, there's something about watching a movie in a theater. Oh yeah. And where you can't pause it, you know, you, you have to sit there and you have to watch it and you know, okay, look, we're going to be sitting here for three hours. And I think that makes it even more immersive because you, you, you're, you're locked into it, you know? Well, you're, you're in that mindset to drift into the movie. Right. There's not something that's nagging you. You know, you don't have to do this. You're not, you're not getting texts and phone calls. And I mean, you are, but you know, you're ignoring them. You're ignoring them because you're, you're in a fucking movie. It's, that's one, right. it's one of the last places that seems sacred. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> I put my cell phone on silent and not feel bad about it. Because trust me, I don't want to go to a movie where somebody's like texting and talking the whole fucking time and interrupting. Every now and then a little comment, oh, that was fucking badass. That's cool or whatever. But, yeah, the, yeah. but like, you know, and I'm really that way with my TV shows too. Like if I'm sitting there trying to watch something and somebody's talking, I'll just like pause it and be like, okay, are we going to talk or are we going to watch? <laughs> Shit or get off the pot. Come that's on. exactly right. What are we doing here? We're rating this bitch a 10. That's what we're doing here, Brian. Oh, that's right. A visual masterpiece. Yes. A treat. A yes. journey more than a story. Straight from the wineyards of <laughs> Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> did you say Coppola? I did. <laughs> well, the, the Coppola wines. The Coppola wines. Wineyards. So, Sorry. Are, are we going to close out with the Dracula music? Oh, what? No. I thought we'd do a Rite of the Valkyries. Of course. You know. yeah. There's a joke about how many people use or, the Dracula music. <laughs> they didn't use that in the score because they couldn't. Because <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't invented yet. The only reason it wasn't used. I'm kind of surprised it wasn't uh, like brought I up. I have in seen the, uh, a fan trailer with it. What? Of course. From oh. Francis Ford Coppola. Boom, boom, boom. You know what? I bet you that music actually wouldn't be that bad in a Apocalypse Now trailer. I bet no, you, yeah, it, it could work. work. Yeah, it could totally that work. Mu- the music works with anything slightly scary or serious. <laughs> anything. Just no romantic comedies. We're good. I'm going to put it over the uh, Edward Scissorhands trailer next week, and we'll see how it does. Ooh. Hmm. Bet it be works. Yeah. I bet it works too. Ramona <laughs> <laughs> Wider, run away from Johnny Depp. He's got scissor hands. Oh my God, look at them scissor hands. He's, He's going to cut, cut my you. hair. <laughs> <laughs> I had bangs, but now I don't. I think I'm the only person that hates that movie. I haven't seen it in a long time. You hate I can't. It? I can't make yeah. a, an opinion on it yet. Oh wow, it's too like you know fairy tale and exactly to like hate. No. Really? It's too fairy tale to like. Bro, I like fairy tales. I yeah, I, I don't know. It's funny. It's a funny movie. I love the uh, the strip mall sequence when Edward says your hands goes to the the strip I, mall. I, 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 yeah, I get. Everybody else liked it. That's why I said I'm the only one that hates it. So next month we're gonna do Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing next month? We're doing uh, Stephen King movies. Yes, that's right. Maximum Overdrive and some other stuff. Yeah, it, Chapter Two and yes. yeah. So there you go. Silly King films, or what are we doing? <laughs> we'll come up with a cool name. All right, guys. So with that, you've been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. You guys want to get in touch with us, you can do so by sending us an email to themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's the movie crew, crew spelled C-R-E-W-E. That's right, extra E at the end of the word crew at gmail.com. You guys can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Movie Crew Pod. And you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, Tuned In, or wherever you listen to your podcast, guys. Benson, where can the audience follow you, sir? At J. Edward Benson. And Jared, where can they follow you? You can find me on Twitter at Jared B. Callen and on Instagram at CheckTheGate. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Elkins Edits, and we are going to be playing track number 10 from the Apocalypse Now soundtrack. Double disc. (laughs) That's right, baby. (laughs) And we're going to be playing Ride of the Valkyries, performed by Wagner. Enjoy.
You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight we're talking about... Oh, come on, you can do it with some excitement. Francis Ford Coppola's... <laughs> You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight we're talking about Francis Ford Coppola's... Something Apocalypse in between? now. Can we get something that matches... Yo, 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 listening! Can we get something that matches the movie, like, tonight? All right, hold on a second. No, hold on a second. You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight... <laughs> what is it? So you're going down the beat... Uh, it was like, you know, what, what I'm, trying, I'm trying to channel... Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen. <laughs> Channel Brando. I can only think of a Godfather voice. Red so. roses and black orange. <laughs> Death everywhere. Thomas, How do you know, put it together? Why does this dude always have to put oranges in his movies? There's something about oranges in Oh, there were mangoes in this one. No, there were oranges. Pretty people, sure there were mangoes. People eating oranges. Oh, were they? Yes. Oh. There were oranges in this movie. Brian. 